Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I have to wear a lot of makeup for my day job, but when I'm off camera, I'm all about ease and simplicity. Thrive Cosmetics has a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look. One of my go-tos is their brilliant eye brightener. It's ridiculously easy to put on and it gives my eyes the little perfect pop in seconds. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash off-camera. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash off-camera for 10% off your first order. And when Lauren is paying, do you order the most expensive thing on the menu? I tend to order several meals, yes. That's good. Yeah, I like that's, to what I, that's what I like to hear. Some, some heavy to-go bags. Like yeah. <laughs> Somebody going to cue me or do I cue myself? Cue yourself. Okay. Well, guys, we're back with another episode of Let's Talk Off Camera. It was Everything a, is for the podcast. No, but this was a pre-podcast conversation. It doesn't matter. I hope we're rolling because we're not using all any of this. things are for the podcast. Yes, Munjaro, let's go. I Munjaro. may or may not have asked my doctor if I could take Munjaro and Ozempic at the same time. But really, do you feel weight. like you're plateauing? I've totally plateaued. I've, all of my weights at the doctor have stayed I, to the exact number over the past six months. Why don't they just go up your dose, um, I'm Manjaro? At the highest dose. You're at the highest dose and you've plateaued. What are you I eating? I was just in your office and it's like, here's the chocolate croissants. Well, like, those were guests. <laughs> That's my point. That was, you have a platter out when people come over Doesn't to your place. Doesn't have to be place. a chocolate croissant. I, when people come over for dinner, I put out a cheese platter. Yeah, but that's, that's a platter. No, but I don't just have random platters laying around for in case somebody stops by. <laughs> You have random By the platters. way, it was not a chocolate croissant. <laughs> it was a plain croissant, and it was a seeded croissant, which, by the way, was very good. <laughs> Who's eating croissants? So Because because he doesn't understand. Like, he's not making the distinction. What I've been told from many people is that your body will always fight to get to its highest weight. Right. That's, and the right. Only That's way like to, evolution. And the only way to change that is to create a new set point and to hold that set point for at least two years. You want to hold off the Cretaceous period. <laughs> so when you say diet, what's the thing you're going to eliminate? Cheese. Never. <laughs> He's Italian. He can't. What, what's the thing? I'm going to limit thing? the cheese is a sacrament. It'll what's be a limit. It'll be a limitation on carbohydrates. Like a pasta. Probably bread. A bread. Bread. I love bread too, but I'm fully aware that bread does not love me. Can you just give me once the Oprah "I love bread"? I love bread. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, look, I love bread too. I love bread. bread. All right, we'll cut, we'll scale back on the bread. Let's see what happens. So, I guess introing in the mi- let's do the intro in the middle of this episode, yeah. which has already been very juicy. <laughs> Today, we will be having SNL's Keenan Thompson joining us on the Woo-hoo! podcast. <laughs> did you guys see SNL this weekend, I Jason did. Momoa? I did. Yeah, yeah. You saw, I saw it. I saw yeah, a it was clips, good. Okay, was funny. Yeah, it was really good. But I went back and I watched. You doing your monologue. Oh my God, with my cotton mouth? 
I was it so was terrified. really funny. It was. It was really funny. I don't know why. Like I didn't. Like I. I wasn't there that day. I know Albert was there. In, in everybody the was there except for you. I wasn't there. It was really funny, and I didn't know that was Jason Sudeikis's first appearance on Saturday Night Live. Was I in did your not know skit. That. I did not know that either. I had. I was shocked to read that. I had no idea. I just know that. Um, it was the most terrifying thing I ever did. During the dress rehearsal, they offered me Vaseline backstage for my teeth. And I go, for what? And she goes, in case you get dry mouth. And I go, oh, I, 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 I won't get dry mouth. And I walked out there and my bone dry mouth <laughs> went bone dry immediately from terror. And my teeth were stuck to my upper lip. My mouth is dry the entire time. I'm terrified. I am like, something happened to me where I became filled with terror. And I, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. You were so good. It was great. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And that commercial you did was amazing. That's made the rounds on the TikTok. On the TikTok. That was was his first season. Um, Well, he was so kind to me and so funny and he wrote this very funny sketch where I'm like in a gospel choir and it's oh my God. It, it's it's amazing he he's truly uh Keenan's just unbelievable and I did not realize it was his first season he just seemed like such a pro um well he's ready we can get him on well let's get him on yeah hi handsome hi bud how are you we were just talking about you what were you saying all good things. I was talking about how I did not realize the time I hosted SNL was your first season. Uh-huh. And Jason Sudeikis's first appearance on SNL was during my monologue. Crazy. Uh-huh. Was he dancing? Uh, I think that was when he was dancing. No, I think he asked, he, a question he from asked the me a, a question from the audience. Uh-huh. He was like a plant in the audience. But here's what I remember. I remember you being super kind, super brilliant. You wrote this very funny sketch that we were all in a, a gospel choir. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like your lover. <laughs> and none none of the other gospel singers wanted me there because I wasn't a singer. I was Hilarious. a terrible singer. Hilarious. And then I was you put me in the gospel choir anyway. <laughs> and I just remember it being very funny. That's and, awesome. And you were, you know, when you're uh, under duress, and I like to say that hosting SNL caused me enormous duress. Mm. Um, as it tends to do. As it tends to do. <laughs> uh it's the people that are the kindest to you that you really like a uh, blueprint into your brain. Mm. And you were that guy. You were so nice to me. I'm so I glad. Well, I mean, yeah. you're the sweetest. How can you not be nice to you? Come on. Well, you you understand. You guys have so many people in and out of there. I'm sure everybody, I'm sure all of us are a pain in the ass. <laughs> and you're like, ah, another person I've got to lift up and try to make humorous, <laughs> you know. And And I'm sure it gets old week after week, but- Thankfully, uh, you were all so kind to me, but you were just a standout because I remember you being very encouraging. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I was encouraging to you because I think it's the opposite. Like we we get excited, especially when people come to play. You know, it's yeah new opportunity for, you know, some ideas that just didn't maybe work in the past. Or like, you know, you never know what these writers, what they have up their sleeve, like what they've been holding on for years. And sometimes it just takes the right host. So Mm-hmm. New opportunities for that is always exciting for us. And we also know the burden on the host. So I think, you know, 
since I've been there in the generations, you know, onward, we've all been kind of cognizant of that and try to be, you know, sympathetic to that. You know what I mean? Like, we just want everybody to have a good time because we're stressed out too, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, of course. We're trying to figure out how not to be so stressed. And I think that's why we lean on each other so much and we like, you know, cracking jokes with each other so much because, yeah. Were you there when Halle Berry hosted? Yeah, she was like my third show, same season. Okay. So here's what I know about when I hosted. Mm-hmm. I was backstage and I felt like I was going to vomit. <laughs> and everybody goes, oh, this is nothing. At least you're not nervous like Halle Berry. And I was <laughs> like, well, how ner- I'm trying to figure out how to open the window so I can jump. How <laughs> nervous was she? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. When she was, she hit it very well. Oh, I, really? I yeah, I didn't notice. I was like, Hallie's such a pro, you know what I mean? Like, she knocked everything out the park, but she's also very well taken care of. She's one of those people that you want to take care of, you know, because yeah. she is such a genuine, you know, person. And when she really understands what she's supposed to do, you know, there's not a lot of people that can compete with her, you know, as far as, like, yeah. performances. So, of course. you know, like, you just try to give everybody as much armor as you can give them. But at the same time, you never know with the audience, especially if it's, like, Winter time in New York, and they've been waiting all day to see a comedy show. They might not be in the mood to laugh anymore by the time it, it goes <laughs> <around>. <laughs> um, Are you ready for the holidays? It's in full holiday swing around here. I've I've got kids flying home. Oh, uh, I've nice. got flights that are pre delayed. We, you know, we're dealing with it. My kids are older than yours. Are what are your daughters into? What are they looking forward to? I mean, I'm into all of it. So I, I feel like that's, you know, starting to trickle on to them. Um, but the one thing I, I know my oldest, she misses her friends. You know, she's getting to that age where she doesn't want to do anything outside of school. <laughs> you know, like right. everything has to do with like her school friends. And if it's anything to do with, you know, us without them, it, it's kind of a task for her a little bit at this point <laughs> sometimes. Are your girls funny? Are they funny like you are? They're very funny, especially the little one. She's unbelievably funny. Like, she is such a little character. She put little cucumber slices and a face mask on in her little bathrobe the other day and just <laughs> crawled up on the couch and, like, did it all herself. She's five. Five. Yep. That's Gianna, right? Yeah. Gianna? Yeah, she's and amazing. The, and your oldest daughter is Georgia? Yes. Those are right. great names. Thank you. Thank you for knowing. What are yours' names? Uh, I've got uh, Michael, who's the eldest, Lola, who's our daughter, and then Joaquin is the youngest. Amazing. Joaquin. They were all supposed to be named Joaquin. That was the name we loved. Everybody's going to be Joaquin like George Foreman? Mark wanted wanted a real Mexican name, Uh but then both of his grandfathers died Uh uh, a week before Michael was born. Mm. So we named our kids after both of his grandfathers, then Lola obviously was a girl, so we named her Lola. And then finally, with the third child, we got to we name got him a, George George Foreman. We got a wacky. <laughs> you got to name him George Foreman. <laughs> so I'm sitting here in my son's uh, former bedroom. This uh-huh. is my podcast studio now. That's what happens when they leave the nest. Exactly. You get your space uh, back. You know, it's very funny. You've written this very funny book, and you talk about how you would, like, line up your toys and give them different voices. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff in my son's room here, and I'm curious if you would give them some voices. Uh-huh. Yeah, you will? Yeah, of okay. course. We just wanted to see what voices you could come up with for some of this crap. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Oh, wow. 
The Trojan Warrior. <laughs> we shall fight to the death, and then one of us will be able to eat raw meats. Incredible. Raw That's meats. very good. I don't even know what this is. I would describe it to the it audience. It looks like Boba Fett. It's like a, what is I it? think it's a Boba Fett mask, yeah. but I'm not even sure if it is. Okay, here's one. I don't, like again, I don't know what this is. This is an action figure, and I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what's his name? His 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 head is like. I don't know. Are you, I don't know what any of this crap is. He's this is in the, the Mar- stuff. He's in the Marvel verse, right? What? I yeah, maybe. Oh, the, there's one more. Uh-huh. I don't even know what this is. I'm not even sure if this is a toy at this point. <laughs> That's the Batman mask from. Is from that what this is? Yeah, that's the. How do you the know Riddler all mask. this? Wow. Oh, Batman, you have found me and you must have the Riddle. Yeah. Yeah, the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Paul mean, Dano, I think that's man. The... Shout out to Paul Dano. Oh, this is Paul Dano. Yeah. Oh, this is Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. amazing. Yeah. Has he ever hosted SNL? He hasn't, but he should. He'd be good at it, don't you think? He's incredible. So we talked about this when you were on my talk show not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Jan, I want to do a follow-up with you. Have we reached out to Michael Emprick yet? Yes, we have. Okay. So they won't do it specifically for SNL, but they're actually looking into whether or not they'll do it for just sketch comedy. Okay. Which I think you would have anyway be the longest running, right? Well, I mean, if you sketch comedy, he's absolutely right. between so, his teenage years and, and yeah. I mean, he's got it in the bag. Yeah. So I think a Guinness World Record is... Is for on sketch your way comedy. for sketch okay. comedy. I mean, if you want to present it to him right now, you can. But... <laughs> so because, yeah, our whole thing is getting you a Guinness World Record for the longest it. running sketch comedian. I believe that honors like that are like, you don't realize that they're significant until you, until you taste Guinness gold. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am determined to get you that. You I are the longest you, the best. running cast member in the history of SNL. The yes. longest running. Um, what keeps you there? I am. I too am a person that once I get comfortable somewhere, I'm like, why leave? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is that your mentality? I mean, it's a it's a factor. You know, it's a it's a very special place. Um, I say I say this a lot. You know, like stability and somewhat predictability is nice for an actor. You know, so mm-hmm. these are all pros of me not wanting to just like run for the door. Um, but I, you know, I'm also being asked to be there. You know what I mean? And it, it feels like it's my duty to oblige. I don't feel like I'm in anybody's way or annoying anybody or like, I feel like you're the heart enough. and you're the heart and soul of the show. I mean, I, if that's the case, great. I mean, what a blessing, you know? And like, that's what I, I attempt to adhere to that. You know what I mean? Like, Every year or, you know, every phone call or every dinner with Lauren, you know what I mean? It's like, everything's still cool. You know what I mean? Like, am I stepping on anybody's toes or anything just by being here, like, for a very long time? And I'm not cheap. You know what I mean? Like, I Right, I cost. that's what I was going to say. Like, are you filthy rich I cost by now? at this point. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I've been doing this for a long time. So, just over time, you know, things accrue. You know what I mean? You can't just pay people yesterday's price. That's just how it goes. But right. if, you know... It's not taking away from anybody. Like, there's still 16 other cast members. It's not like they've had to cut it down to nine. You know what I mean? Right, right. 
It's all um, good. What is dinner with Lauren Michaels like? <laughs> I picture you going into like a subterranean cave. Okay. Right? So you're, you get into an close. elevator. It's like a it's like a New York City uh-huh. building uh-huh. and you think you're going to go up to the penthouse but you're taken down. Uh-huh. That's you're what taken you think. into a subterranean you lair. You think you're going up but you go down. Yeah, You're yeah. going down. Keep, yeah. And then the the elevator opens uh-huh. and it's a full city block <laughs> loft like subterranean dome uh-huh. under the city. Yeah. And Lauren is there in a smoking jacket. <laughs> Uh-huh. He's in like a throne. He's dimly, sort of like dimly lit, dimly yeah. lit, yeah. lit by candlelight. But uh-huh. he's got like people, actual people that just hold candles in front of him. Sure. Not candles, not candelabras, just people holding the candles. And they love it. Am I getting close to what it's like to dine with him? I mean, it is almost a bullseye, Kelly. I can't tell you how <laughs> how close you really nailed that. Um, it is usually at a restaurant. But it okay. is a, it's a step down restaurant, so it's mm-hmm. sub street level. You step into the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Does he always uh does he always pay or do you like do you make the move to pick up the check? Um uh, he always pays because it's a it's a group gathering usually. Uh-huh. So it's like the host okay. and like a few cast members and some producers and stuff like that. So you know. And is it like the real housewives? You like whoever's seated next to Lauren is the most important and then well, the host always sits next to Lauren, so like they set that kind of you know old timey president basically like tradition, uh-huh. and that's kind of like the energy of the week anyway, and like the aim of the show anyway. It's like it's the host's week, you know what I mean? So we all should mm-hmm. focus on giving them as as good a show as possible, and then you know good shows trickle down to the rest of us, you know, and that's just how it goes. And when Lauren is paying, do you order the most expensive thing on the menu? I tend to order several meals, yes. That's good. Yeah, I like that's to take what I, that's what I like to hear. Some some heavy to go bags. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so when you auditioned there, can you walk me back in time a little bit? Because mm-hmm. I want to um uh you know, all of these stories and and much, much more um are in your new book. When I was your age, mm-hmm. which I love, I think you have to say it like this: When I was your age, exactly. You don't just say the title of the book; you have to say it. When I was your age, you know. When I was your age, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, can you t- take me back in time to when you auditioned for Saturday Night Live? Uh, the year was two thousand three. I want to say, um, I was two years. Departed from Nickelodeon at this point, maybe kind of two and a half ish. So I was very much in that world of unpredictability of being an actor and uh, been on some auditions that went well and some that didn't, you know. And I was coming mm-hmm. off of Barbershop 2, filming uh, in, in Chicago in the summertime, which was magical. It's nice. Yeah. It was almost like the down to the day, like the last couple few days, I got the phone call that it was audition time and I had been trying to audition for a couple of years, um, but kept getting, you know, shown the door, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. under the excuse like of having like a baby face or whatever. Shout out to the baby face monologue. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I left straight from Chicago, came to New York, but I had to do stand-up comedy, which was, you know, a nightmare for me because I'd never done it before. Um, and I had to like come up with five minutes and like, if you watch anybody's comedy special that is, you know, five minutes into it, if you look at the clock, they've covered a lot of topics. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's a lot to talk for five minutes. So I was nervous about that, but you know, made it through the initial stand-up night audition audition process, like at an actual stand-up comedy club in New York. You know, it was very like scary because like I didn't know how to engage an audience. You know, I just started, you know, with a sound effect of like a, a telephone ringing as opposed to being like, how's everybody doing tonight? Is anybody from Kansas City or whatever? Like normal stuff. But I didn't know that. So I ran through my material and then just ran off the stage or whatever. But they called me back and I was at the studio. So that felt better because that was with cameras and I could just, you know kind of be a kid playing in the mirror kind of thing again. And you knew that world because of yeah. your years at Nickelodeon. Exactly. Right. And then went home back to LA for like a week and didn't hear anything. So I thought I blew it. Mm-hmm. And then they finally called and they were like, we like you, but we want you to try one more time. This time at the Laugh Factory, more stand up, blah, blah, blah. I had to do 10 minutes and it was just like, Oh, man, I don't know about this. It's like algebra when you're in school, you know, it when really you're doing is. algebra and you're like, I'm never going to need this shit. I'm not going <laughs> to need it at all. But I did need this job, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a life changing job. Um, and I knew that. So it was just all the pressure in the world, like more pressure than I've ever felt, I think, for any one specific job, because usually you can just audition for something. If you didn't get it like, hey, oh, well, you know, there's another one, but there's not necessarily another SNL kind of moment audition or whatever. You're it's just, history. Yeah. It lives with you. You know what I'm saying? If you get it, it lives with you. If you don't get it, that lives with you too. So it's just But a how good does moment. it feel to to make history within the history? Crazy. It's so crazy. Like it's it's hard to really understand because my tenure there is almost half the, the existence of the show, which is insane because <laughs> like that show has like really kind of molded the comedy of like America for, you know, 45 years, you know, 48 years, 49, you know, it's, it's crazy. So for my, my name to be somewhat synonymous with that, I don't know. Like it's, it's a, it's a lot. Do you have a sketch that is your favorite that you're the most proud of one that you're like, or, or is there one that you're like, I don't care that the audience didn't even laugh at this. This is my favorite (laughs) sketch. (laughs) Um, yeah, there's a, there's been a few of those that have definitely like missed the mark with the audience, but then there's also been some that have like hit it with the audience and then it got cut and then had to like come back underneath another host. So we did this sketch called Active Jack where like a lot of like 70 shows used to be, you know, be like a sitcom about aerobics kind of thing with like a character, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So this was like the opening theme song of like the act of Jack. And he'd be like, very Sesame Streetish, like, come on kids, it's time to work out. You know, like I'll show you how to do some jumping jacks or do some push-ups, like all set to music or whatever. And like that opening was like supposedly very famous in the sketch. And this is like the 50th year anniversary. And like they're doing a new performance and you know, act of Jack is older. So like, it's me at this point. <laughs> You know, with gray hair and like out of shape or whatever. So the first time we did it, we did it with like Bruno Mars and it went great and it just got cut for some reason. And then like years later, we did it with like Kevin Hart and then it made it. So like that Amazing. was that was cool. Yeah. So you kept it and you there's not like a moment where you're like, we're getting rid of this sketch. It's never coming back. You always keep them somewhere hidden in the kind of it depends. Like once you try it twice. That's usually kind of the limit. Like some people push it a third time, like after some years have gone by or something. Um, But usually like, you know, two times and it's probably done. 
do you have the same love for what's up with that that we all have at this table? Because I've got to tell you, we will randomly, like in between podcasts, just watch what's up with that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I definitely do. Probably be honest, my it's my baby. You know what I mean? Like that that was my best. my that was my idea, baby. You know what I mean? Like I think I had that like pretty much the whole concept, you know, like pretty much. Like I took it to Brian Tucker, who I write a lot with. And he helped like fill in the whole thing. But I think like the overall concept, you know what I mean? It was just like an idea. Like, I think it'd be funny to have a talk show and not let people talk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know it well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, yeah, we set that thing to music and it was just such a good time. It's so much fun performing that sketch, you know, because Albert, it's just... Albert, you said, do you still do the dance? Uh, I don't do the dance. Come on. No, I don't do the dance. I'm to, not... You used to come into my dressing room slide and you would do in. the dance. You would slide in and do the dance. The little two-step. It's just such a, It's epic. Uh, it's thank epic you, man. Sketch. Thank you very much. It is so much fun. And everybody gets to have fun doing it, even the people that are confused. Like, we had, like... <laughs> We had like Bill O'Reilly one time and he was not with it at first. And then he ended up having fun. <laughs> so actual Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. You didn't tell him anything about the sketch. He didn't know about the sketch. Well, I was trying to, but he just was like dismissing my entire existence. So I was like, all right, well, you know, right. buckle sounds, up there, cowboy. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds on brand. That you sounds know? like, that sounds exactly on brand. Yeah. Okay, got it. What about uh, Family Feud playing Steve Harvey? Oh, uh, the best. Because I've <laughs> yeah, known like, Steve for a long time. We used to do his show back in the day. When so he it makes it Harvey easier. Show. Well, as far as like, my impression of him and like how yes. I sound like I I'm I feel like it's easier for me because it's more familiar. Like I know exactly which, you know, Steve Harvey I'm doing as opposed to like <laughs> watching him, you know, on YouTube or something like I do with, you know, other people that I'm like thrown, you know, all of a sudden at the last minute for a cold open or something. And I was like, all right, I don't have a lot of time. Let me just, you know, listen to Clarence Thomas for 40 seconds and see what what he really sounds like when he talks. What does he really sound like? That's the big question. Surprisingly kind of normal. Like <laughs> Clarence is just like a little like a little deeper, but also like very kind of like nerdy. Like he maybe went to like Northwestern a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, just gotta like just remember my times at Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever uh do you ever uh, have the inability to shake an impression once once you go into it and you can't get rid of it? Well, I definitely am like a tape recorder for other people's things. Like I'm constantly quoting, you know, something that I picked up from the show that week back to the person mm -hmm. that did it. So hopefully it's not annoying, but to me it's like I'm praising them, but I'll I'll stick on it for a while. Like Marcelo did these like Cuban club kind of like promoter <laughs> people like last week. Yeah. And when Chloe walks up, he goes, "Oh my god." I've been doing that for days, like every, like just to myself driving, like oh my god. <laughs> what host so surprised good. you the most with their humor? Who was like the host that you did not think would be funny, and wound up being unbearably funny? Like really funny. Yeah. I mean, Peyton Manning was surprising. I didn't know he was funny like that. I thought he was just more so like. 
kind of football kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's got an incredible sense of humor. There's been a few. Like, Lizzo destroyed it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I knew she was fun, though, because yeah, she was I a thought, musical I guest would with think, Eddie Murphy, he was, yeah. she was making him laugh. I would think Lizzo yeah. would be funny. Yeah. But who really surprised me? Brian Williams back in the day? Mm-hmm. I, I think that shocked everybody. I was like, the news guy? <laughs> yeah. No, but I feel like Brian Williams has always wanted to be an actor. He most definitely did. What about Charles Barkley? Was he a good host? One of the most beloved people in the world because he refuses to work hard and everybody knows it. You know what I mean? So we just, we accept it because he's like, all my life, everything was two hours. Basketball, two hours. Practice, two hours. Games, two hours. So I'm not working more than two hours. I was like, we have an entire Saturday to work, sir. It's like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> do you want to hear a funny story? Back back in the day, when I was on All My Children, I see one of our um, interns carrying all of these uh, VCR tapes, like stacks and stacks of VCR tapes. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I was holding the elevator. I'm like, do you need a hand? And she's like, no, I just have to, I have to get these out to the Olympics because... The dream team watches all my children every day, and Charles <laughs> Barkley wants wants us to send him the VHS copies of the show because they don't have access to being able to record the show. And I was like, shouldn't they be worried about Playing winning the gold the medal game? and <laughs> not watching their stories? It was to me. I gotta most- watch my stories <laughs> exactly. with my Taco Bell five buck box. <laughs> so you know Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin have this long running rivalry over hosting the show mm-hmm. joining the I don't know what is it 15 times club 9 times club ten, I, I don't, it's up I've there lost. Yeah, it's, up, it's there. up there um, if, if the boat capsizes you can only save one of them you only have one life vest who do you save Steve Martin or Alec Baldwin I know what I'm buying my mom friends for Mother's Day. Fiori joggers. Jana's obsessed. My stylist Audrey is obsessed. So I know they're a sure hit. And if any one of my family or friends are listening to this podcast, hint, hint, these would be a great gift for me. They're designed with their dream knit stretch fabric, which I love because they're so ridiculously comfortable, but yet look so good. By the way, they're not just for women. I'm ordering them right now for Mark because Father's Day is right around the corner. No matter how you stay active, running, swimming, yoga, or just running weekend errands, Viore is for you. Viore is offering Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripper listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash off camera. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash off camera. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash off camera and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Melojo, my production company, is such a small business. So when we hire someone, it makes a huge impact. And Albert, I know you wear so many hats over there, you might not have the time or the resources to hire, but LinkedIn changes all of that. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. So Albert, the next time we're hiring, if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. We got Roz, so we know it works. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash off-camera. That's linkedin.com slash off-camera to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You know, Jan, the weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. <laughs> if you've been waiting to update your wardrobe for a long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. Build up a lineup of timeless pieces that keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. I've been telling you about Quince for a while now, and I plan to keep telling you until you get the message. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. I just took a few of their cover-ups on vacation, which were the perfect easy breezy looks to wear. And right now they have these tank dresses that are in the cart, ready to check out. Go look on their website. These tank dresses are effortlessly chic. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash off camera for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash off camera to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash off camera. You know, Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin have this long-running rivalry over hosting the show. If the boat capsizes, you can only save one of them. You only have one life vest. Who do you save, Steve Martin or Alec Baldwin? Man. <laughs> I mean, this is not personal, but I feel like it yeah. would have to be Steve only because of his archive of comedy. Mm, like, mm-hmm. Alec is an incredible archive of acting. Like if you ever engage Alec Baldwin about like, you know, styles, methods, you know, whatever, he'll go deep and he'll go really far into the reference of the origins of the performance art. Right. But Steve Martin is a library of what has been funny since 1970-ish, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. So, Mm -hmm. and that's a tough one. He's a great writer. When you were writing your book, did you ask him for any advice? I wish. It's it's tough for me to engage big brains like that because when you bore them, they make it known. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, I've bored Steve Martin many times. And so. they're, they're not good at hiding it. They're not good at just like chit-chatting and kind of like, you know, helping the conversation along if you're wait, like – wasting their attention time. Like if you have their attention, they want you to like have something to offer. And a lot of the time it's just like, oh no, it's just because you're standing in front of me as another human being. I figured I would talk to you. So, exactly. <laughs> you know right. I mean? You and I are, you and I are a lot alike that way. And I had to, <laughs> I had to learn that lesson. Like, yeah, proximity means nothing. <laughs> you know, I am one of these people, I've done my job a really long time um, but I get starstruck still. I still Constantly. get starstruck. Same. I'm a fan. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of people and 
it's not just, you know, entertainment folks, you know, athletes, whoever, singers, you know, anybody that's really good at what they do and, you know, have come across my television and is known for that. If I run into them, I'm fascinated, you know, and I've bent many a famous person's ear unwantedly, for sure. (laughs) I always call it, I call it celebrities in the wild. When you see a celebrity out of wherever they're supposed to be, it's like seeing your teacher in the mall. It's amazing. I caught two of them in the same day. And it was, sometimes you just forget, like, being in LA, you know, like I used to live out there and I went to college out there. So whenever I go back out there, like I wander around, like it's not a big deal. And you forget that it might be Emmy's weekend or something like that. Right. So I was at the four seasons or something. And like, I forgot it was like Emmy's weekend. And then like the elevator opens and like Peter Dinklage gets in. And like, it took a lot for me not to just, ooh, just give him all the all the joy and the flowers and the this and that and the other. Right. And then, you know, I gave him a little bit and he gets off and he's like very humble and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we go down another couple floors or whatever and Giancarlo Esposito walks in. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> handle this. Like, I go I back to, with, to taps with you, bro. Like I had to take him all day. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't want to hear it either. But <laughs> I just had to flood him with it. Like I just love giving people their praise because... They deserve it, you know. Like it's it's it, it it really floored me to see those two in the same kind of like instance. Yeah, we we uh, do the show out in LA once a year. We mm-hmm. go out for the Academy Awards, so we are out there for Academy Award weekend. Crazy. And I wander around, and Mark is always because Mark is the opposite of me. He right. doesn't really care. He's <laughs> like he's like Kelly. He is constantly saying to me, Kelly, be cool. And I'm like, I'm not going to be cool. I cannot believe (laughs) that, you know, Tom Cruise is at Starbucks. That's wild. It's just wild. (laughs) That's right. I'm the exact same way. Like, I met Aretha Franklin like that. You know what I mean? Like, she was just backstage at, like, it was a fundraiser that I had to go make a half speech for that I wasn't even thinking twice about, you know, you know, New York stuff, basically. Like, there's a million different things going on every single night or whatever. And, you know, you do a lot of, like, will you come do this? Will you come do Like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I'm about to go on and I go backstage and, like, she's just sitting there, like, you know, waiting to go on at some point or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, how many backstage moments has this woman had in her lifetime. Like, this is what she does. You know what I mean? Everything for her is backstage. So here I am standing next to her. What am I not going to tell her? She's great. She knows it, of course. But like, I got to tell her. But she's so great. I mean, she Incredible. may she rest in peace. She was the most, she did our show a bunch of times. Yeah. And she, not only did she perform on our show, she used to do cooking segments on our show every Thanksgiving. She would come See? out and like, cook a turkey, cook stuffing, cook a mac and cheese. And Incredible. she was just the, greatest she would come out with her purse yeah she takes yep. her purse with her she takes Keeps her purse, purse with her because yeah. it's filled with cash yeah i know <laughs> i found that out but yeah. i asked her i was like do you want me to hold your purse while you no. perform and she would go no <laughs> and that just like that no. no and i'm like i okay and she would just like put it down and belt out she's just um incredible and then pick it back up yep and, and just then, walk out yeah. And keep it yeah. very close. Yeah. Yeah. And she Old and school. here's the other thing. She would send us flowers. Oh. Like, I mean, they don't make them like that anymore. You know what I mean? Maybe because we're not teaching them. We got to teach them. Like, that's what you gotta do. Teach them. We got to show you. Yeah. You send flowers to people. 
You you say the thank yous. You write a letter. Henry Winkler wrote me two handwritten notes. De Niro, handwritten notes. Because we did a like birthday video for his son. You know what I mean? Handwritten note from Incredible. Robert De Niro. Unbelievable. You know? Did you frame it? Oh, yeah. I have a handwritten note from Don Rickles because I sent him oh. a martini shaker for his... 80th birthday or something. Incredible. I can't remember. And he, he sent me a note that was so beautiful. Because mm. you, you think of Don Rickles as the caustic, yeah. you know, the that caustic comedian. Mr. Joke but Man. But he sent, he sent me a thank you note wow. that was so beautiful that I framed it mm. because I couldn't believe how beautifully he wrote to me and with such tenderness and kindness. Yeah. There's a real human being in there in all those jokes. In all those jokes, there's a real human. Yeah. yeah. Who's your uh, dream host? Denzel is up there, for mm. sure. Um, I just think he'd be incredible. Um, he would be. Tom Cruise is up there for sure. You know that would be wild. Come on, like, gotta make to, this happen. We have to call Stiller back for that. I think Ben Stiller <laughs> still has done the greatest Tom Cruise ever. Ben Stiller's he's he gets the essence of people. Yeah, Brad Pitt like tiptoed in it during COVID when he did the mm-hmm. cold open. But it would be cool if he, like, actually hosted, hosted. Did you ever see Brad Pitt and Dave, that Hulu series, Dave? Oh, no. I haven't watched much of it. It's the final episode of season three of Dave. It's the best I've ever seen. It's, he's incredible. And he plays Brad Pitt. He plays our idea of who Brad Pitt is. Right. Perfect. Which is hard to do, as you know. Yeah. that's. I mean, but he's heard it enough times that I think he can mold everybody's kind of like assumptions basically into mm-hmm. a funny thing. Shout out to Lil Dicky too, man. Like that show is incredible from what I've, In, I've it's heard. Incredible. Nothing but praises. You know, from your book, I learned a lot about you and I highly, highly uh, want to recommend it to all of our listeners. Don't forget mm-hmm. to pick up a copy of When I Was Your Age. When, when, when I was your age. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you decide to write a book? People that I envy have written books and it just seemed like a natural kind of progression for the amount of things that I've done in -hmm. front of people. You know what I mean? Like I guess I've accomplished a lot uh, resume wise. So it felt like that was a version that people knew that is not really me necessarily. You know what I mean? Those are all performance achievements basically. And the real me like, people don't know I got a million cousins, you know what I mean? People don't know, like, we all grew up semi in Virginia, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, it was definitely a, a love letter to them, but also, like, a little glimpse, you know, in, you know, in case I don't get the chance to tell them all these stories kind of at once, basically. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's like, it's like leaving a kind of a living journal to people that... Yeah, and it's you know, partly my fault, I guess, because I guess I haven't gone out of my way to be very social media-ish to where I'm always just showing my interiors of homes or this, that, and the other, or my mm-hmm. family members or blah, blah, blah. But, a, you know, a book felt like I could achieve all of that and, like, introduce them to me, the person, as opposed to, like, me, the performer. So I learned in the book that you're into astrology. hmm Yeah. I mean, it's real. Yeah, I believe it's real. So what is your sign? I am a Taurus, from what Taurus. I've been told. Yes. I know people that can just, you know, call it out based by looking at people like when their birthday is. So like if it's not real, how are they able to do that? And it's not just a few of them that are obvious. It's like they'll nail it. You know what I mean? Any Zodiac that that person is. It's like 
you're just giving an energy and you have an appearance like this, basically. So, yeah, some of your... it's surface level, but a lot of it gets deeper, I guess, when you start dealing with your rising and all that kind of stuff. Do you read your horoscope every day? No, 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 no. I don't no? like. I don't like being predicted necessarily because you know I still like to make choices. I oh, guess not me. I'm full. I'm I'm full horoscope every morning. Interesting. I read S- Sally Bronfman in the New York Post. I think I think that's the best horoscope to read. Do you want to hear your horoscope Incredible. today? Since of course. A- the day's almost over. So yeah, yeah. It's nighttime now. Let's see happen. if it was. Let's see how on point it was. <clears throat> Do your own thing Mm -hmm. in your own way and in your own time over the next few days and ignore those who say you are heading for a fall. What they actually believe is that you are heading for unrivaled success and that's what they are afraid of. I can dig that. (laughs) I can definitely dig that always. That's a good one, right? That's a a good one. one. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of like daily affirmations always kind of like reminding you to like, Believe in thine self, you know, be thankful, be humble. Yes. What I like about like astrology and all of that, it's just a journal. You know what I mean? It's a journal based on the people that were born at these times throughout the years have kind of been like this or look like that or whatever. And of course, those people have their own variations because they're, you know, individuals. But it's it's pretty accurate as far as like, you know, reading people's energies, you know, kind of. And at our job at SNL, we have to cater to a lot of different personalities and stuff like that. So it's a leg up when you know if you're dealing with, you know, this kind of person or that kind of person. Do you ever look up the birth sign of the host that's hosting that week mm-hmm. and and you form an opinion like, oh, this is going to be trouble? Not that it'll be trouble, but it'll just be like, I need to approach these things this way to get what I need done. Some people can hear it. When you're like, hey, you should do it like this. And then mm-hmm. some people have to hear it like it's their idea. When they're like, you know what? I should do it like this. And I got, yeah, I just told you that. But yeah, <laughs> you know, it's all good. <laughs> Mine is constantly telling me that I'm, I have to be financially smarter. I, I mean, it's constant. Are you, you spending wild? You spending wild out there? I am the most financially responsible person you've ever met. And I'm like, I wish Sally would give me something new to focus on. Mm -hmm. You know, you tell a a story about being like a penniless at at a point in your career. Um, And, uh, you know, it's like, I think it's a thing that people in show business fear the most, Mm -hmm. you know, like one day this will all end and then... And then what? Then, you know, what will I have? What what happened to you? Uh, bad accountants, basically, and, like, giving power of attorney to bad people. You know what I mean? And then, like, mm-hmm. whatever strategy they had collapsed because they didn't necessarily share the information. So, like, once you hit the panic button on the situation, like, if you pull out of a trust, you know what I mean, you're going to get taxed or fined or, you know, whatever kind of thing or whatever. I mean, that's that's like the mild version. This person right. that I was dealing with was an actual piece of shit. So right. <laughs> there was a, just layers and layers of like all these tactics that they were kind of juggling my money with. And then once I like opened the door, like everything collapsed basically. So everything was tied up at that you, point. You were trying to buy a house. Yeah, I was. And trying that's to how you found out you were being yep. robbed, basically. Basically. And like. 
in their opinion, they were like, no, I was doing this and I was going to flip that and I was going to do that and blah, 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 blah. But just basically just, you know, buying properties and taking liens out and like, you know, taking loans on liens and, you know, just money flipping without, you know, really on a deadline giving any kind of money back. So by the time I pulled the plug on everything, it was just like, oh, well, everything's kind of tied up, basically. So you need all these things to happen before. I was just like, well, that's all bullshit because you didn't share any of that information, blah, 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 blah. So you just basically technically ran off with my money. And how dare you do that to a child, you know? Right, exactly. So when that happens to you at such a young age, do you find yourself um, hypervigilant now or do you find yourself almost paranoid to trust your money with anyone? No, luckily I was able to kind of compartmentalize it and leave it for whatever instance it was. Like I'm definitely Mm. smarter and, you know, everybody that I deal with is aware that that happened to me. So they're always like, no, these are the things and the checkpoints that I will personally give you on a monthly basis to let you know where these things are. And like, you know, it just brings better people into your life that will do that. Or you'll be able to ask for those things from those people because you know better. You know what I mean? Like, but if you don't know, you don't ask. Like, we got a power of attorney fucking letter from, like, the drugstore. You know what I mean? So, like, we just didn't know. So I never even really saw all that money. So it's hard to miss what you never saw, basically. It's still so frustrating and it's so enraging to me. You know, it's... It just is. Just enraging. The, the, there are people that are just so predatory yep. in every business, but particularly in show business. And it, particularly when it's people that don't necessarily come from a show business background and don't have the experience behind them. It's yeah. the newcomers that are preyed upon. even worse when they look like you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like- Yeah, it's a it shame. It was just like very shameful, but at the same time, like that's that person's karma. You know, I've been- very blessed and fortunate to have a tool that I could just plug back in basically and just like put Atlanta on the back burner as far as like living around the corner from my mom is concerned. Yeah. You know, um, you've gotten, I'm assuming that you've worked with or met probably all of your comedy idols, but is there one that stands out that gave you really the best advice Jan, yeah. isn't everyone looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without the hassle, a.k.a. the endless scrubbing? I know you're sick of scrubbing. <laughs> Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning time. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! You speak French! And you enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. That's right, zero zilch, also German, scrubbing. And it works on shower, glass fixtures, tiles, and more. And if you don't believe me, check out the 33,000 five-star reviews and save time for the things you love. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on the chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to an effortless clean. Albert, I know you're too busy to be frizzy. So grab Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I'm loving it because it helps reduce and repair split ends 
while quenching my bone dry hair with intense hydration. And during the summer, that's something we could all use. You'll also be way obsessed with Way's bestsellers like I am. My new favorite is their scalp and body scrub. It's a blend of sugar and coconut oil that cleanses, exfoliates, and moisturizes all at once on your scalp and your skin. I'm also really into their wave spray for this summer. It's a weightless, salt-free mist that gives you that just out of the ocean and my hair dried perfectly look. You know, like that look that is so unattainable. <laughs> it doesn't make my hair crunchy at all. And it's super easy to use. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code off camera for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com promo code off camera. I'm assuming that you've worked with or met probably all of your comedy idols. And is there one that stands out that gave you really the best advice? Oh, yeah. I mean, all of them lead by example, mostly, you know. Um, But Dave's always dropping knowledge. Like, he's an encyclopedia of knowledge, whether it's politics or, you know, Hollywood and, like, how to navigate through the business or whatever it is, or just being Black in America, like, just sitting around him is, you know, always prophetic. Um, Eddie is always just like, you know, do what you love that you can balance kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because like, yes, he loves doing comedy, but he also has 10 kids and he'd like to be at home chilling. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's all about balance with him. I see that a lot in Steve Martin as well, where he's at a point where he's like, I kind of just want to do what I can kind of maintain without going crazy or whatever. And not let it be demanding because that's when it's not fun anymore. You know what I mean? You don't want to take the fun out of doing funny stuff, basically. Steve just wants to play his banjo. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) So you got to give that man that balance. And, you know, Jamie Foxx told me, like, just in passing something, I mean, he was just being nice more than likely, but, like, you know, it stuck with me. He was just like, he just pointed at me. He was like, hey, man, you got all the talent in the world. And I was young. And that was back when he was on the Jamie Foxx show. So this was years and years and years ago. So there's no way that he really knew me like that. Like we were still kind of new to the game or whatever, but he went out of his way to say something positive to a young black man. You know what I mean? So like, that's what like really stuck with me over those years. Cause he could have easily just been like, Hey man, high five or whatever. And like, you know, just walk past or whatever. Cause we were at his show and he was about to go do a scene. You know what I mean? So it could have easily just been like, oh, I'm busy right now. But he didn't do that. He went out he of his took way the to time. say something dope. Yeah. yeah. That must happen to you all the time where there's somebody that comes up to you and... It happened today. You know what I mean? And like, that's why I try to just like go out of my way to like maintain a positive attitude, even when it feels like it's easy to just be like frustrated or mad at the world or whatever. Or just annoyed at instances. So I was at the car wash and this couple comes by with their child and he stops and he's like, hey, we met you on a flight like a couple of years ago, whatever. And like you were so nice to our son. And I was thinking, I was like, well, what flight was this exactly? And he was right. like, yeah, he was having a, a tough time, you know what I mean, sitting still because he was young. And, you know, you let him play with your daughters. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Like, we all like we put blankets down on the floor and we were all like trying to like entertain this little kid. And like he was like, Man, I never forgot that. I was like, Wow, that's that's cool. It's good to see you guys. But the randomness of New York, New York is a big place. There's a lot of people here. So 
for that person to just come walking up on me while I'm just like standing on a wall on some random street by a car wash. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, why amazing. you put out good energy into the world, basically. Exactly. Because it, it, it always comes back. One million percent. It always comes back. Listen, I want to thank you for doing our podcast. It's in such a uh, pleasure. We we just adore you here. We're gonna like let you go, and we're gonna watch what's up with that for the rest of the night. <laughs> you know, same, same, yeah. same. Now I want to go watch yeah. back. We like um, really had some great, great sketches and appearances with that one. Like I think about De Niro and like Robin Williams oh. being together for one of them. Like that was an oh, incredible wow. moment. Incredible. Yeah. And Lindsay Buckingham came on. Yeah, the Lindsay greatest. Buckingham. <laughs> two, <Lindsay> Buckingham. <laughs> two Buckinghams. <laughs> two Buckinghams. It was amazing. It was the best. Um, listen, to our <laughs> listeners, don't forget, Keenan's book is When I Was Your Age. When, when I Was Your Age. <laughs> Life lessons, funny stories, and questionable parenting advice from a professional mm-hmm. clown is available now. And don't forget to check out his movie, Good Burger 2. Yeah. Um, and, my God, you're so busy. I... It is cracking right now. And the strike's over, so we can tell everybody. Strike's over. Strike's over. Trolls, Nintendo, Auto Trader. You know, we're throwing it all out there, man. (laughs) Yes, Auto Trader, too. That's right. All of it. Enjoy it. You deserve it. Thank you, bud. Thanks, Keenan. Absolutely. Much love to you. Happy holidays. You, too. Happy holidays, y'all. Y'all take care. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. I'll see you soon. Yes, see you soon. Wow. That was amazing. That well, was great. That was great. Okay. We, we have some Ask Kellys. Okay. Um, yes. It's time for Ask Kelly. Dun, dun, <laughs> okay. Dun. Are we doing the razzle dazzle? <laughs> First one from Tom Brooks, author. Who is more bold to go on a nude beach, you or Mark? Oh my God. <laughs> neither of us. I mean, you know me. I don't even believe in nudity at this point. Um, uh, it, neither one of us, although. About 15 years ago, 15, this is a very funny story. We were on vacation with a group of friends and it was a full moon and all of the guys decided to do a full moon skinny dip. They didn't decide to skinny dip. They decided to go down the beach and jump in the water, but everybody skinny dipped. I did not because I'm not going in the water in darkness. (laughs) I don't care how bright the moon is. The sharks don't care. You know what I mean? So um, everybody skinny dipped. The next day, I'm at the bakery and I'm um, waiting in line and there's a group of like 16, 17-year-old girls standing around talking, okay? Now, at the time, we were like 35, okay? And they said, did you guys go to the beach and swim under the full moon? And I hear this girl say, well, we were going to, but we showed up. There was like a bunch of 70-year-olds out there. <laughs> oh, no. 70-year-olds. 70. Ouch. Ouch. It was so funny. I Ouch. was like, oh, my gosh. 15-year-olds look at 35-year-olds and think they're 70. Oy. I hate to think what they think of me now. Oh, forget it. Now I'm like 282 years old. Uh, the next one is from Book It With Doyle. Current favorite restaurant in New York to visit. Oh my gosh. I you know me, I never leave my house. Uh so it's hard to say. I think right now, um, it's I, I don't know when this is going to air, but as we are recording it, it's the holidays. Mm-hmm. So they're all pretty spectacular. They're really, really beautiful. They're elegantly decorated, they're very festive. I wanna try 
the Mark Chalet. Ooh. I don't know if you saw that. No. So the Mark has oh, yeah, the, the outdoor. chalet. It's an outdoor and they serve fondue. It does wow. look very chic. So that oh. looks really nice. It looks oh, yeah. really, really nice. Um, I always say if you've got a if you've got a big fat wallet and money to spend, La Bernadan is like mm. no meal you will have anywhere mm. else. The polo bar is always fun. Always great, great people watching. Nelly. Nelly the chicest hostess in all the Ever. land and um, really good food, consistent and always like celebrities. Always. Mark said the last time we were there, <laughs> Anthony Scaramucci was Oh my, there. he was. I didn't see him. Yeah. Why don't I see these celebrities <laughs> when we were there? They were everywhere. I know. I don't see them at all. All right. Last one from Uncle DJ's. Fellow Madonna fan here, what are your top five favorite oh, Madonna songs? Lay it on us. <sighs> it's always changing. Um, okay, I'm going to say number five, MDNA. Yeah. Number four, uh, four minutes. Number three. Oh, God, this is so hard. I don't even know how you're doing this. I'd be in a flop sweat. Um, (laughs) It's so funny because I, like, I have too many to just name five. I want to say Celebration, but the remix of Celebration. Mm -hmm. Number two, um, Burning Up. Number one. Drum roll, please. I mean, if you don't say it, I'll be shocked. It's not your favorite. It's her favorite. I know, favorite. but I, know, I think of this to be her favorite, so we'll wait to see. Candy Shop. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. Candy Shop, but it's... Which one are you thinking I'm of? addicted. Oh, I'm addicted, of course. I'm Jeez, addicted. I'm addicted is my number one favorite. Yeah. Sorry, I'm addicted. Yes, you're right. You're. That's what I was thinking. When I said MDMA, I was thinking of I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Um, so I'll replace number five. I'll replace number five with Candy Shop. There. Perfect. There we go. Okay. Well, that's it. Don't forget to tell your friends about us. Yeah. Or don't. <laughs> Listen, you have two choices. Either you tell your friends about us or we'll tell your friends about us. And I don't think you want that. Okay. I'm giving you the opportunity to tell your friends yourself. Okay. We'll talk with you all uh, next week off camera. Woo-hoo! Bye. <laughs> Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa is a co-production of Melojo Productions and PRX Productions with help from Goat Rodeo. Our theme song is Follow Me from APM Music. From Melojo, our team is Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, Albert Bianchini, Jan Chalet, Devin Schneider, Michael Halpern, Jacob Small, Roz Therian, Seth Gronquist, and Julia Desch. From PRX Productions, our team is... Kara Schillen, Genevieve Sponsler, Megan Nidolsky, Edwin Ochoa. Additional sound design by Terrence Bernardo. The executive producer of PRX Productions is Jocelyn Gonzalez. This show is powered by Stitcher. From PRX. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.